0: Okay. We are beginning now chapter 10 and what we concluded in the previous chapter was that God is completely exalted beyond intellect and therefore we can't grasp him with intellect and he is completely united not only in himself and his being but also with the divine emanation, the divine attributes in the highest world, the world of being. And just as we cannot grasp him, we can't really grasp his union, his absolute union with these divine attributes. So even though we don't intellectually understand how God transcends intellect, can be one with an intellectual attribute, who transcends emotions, can be one with the emotional attribute. But we know it's true. And in order to understand the relationship God has with these divine attributes, we compare it, as we have used a comparison before, to the sun's rays and the sun. Obviously, it doesn't mean that the divine attributes and God I like the sun rays and the sun, but the relationship, the way the sun's rays are relating, are uniting with the sun, helps me understand the unity of the divine attributes with God, their source. Because we know the divine attributes are called light. And metaphorically, just like sunlight within the luminary sun has completely no identifiable existence. It's completely nullified and united with an absolute union with the sun, with that luminary. In other words, within the orb of the sun, we don't say, well, there's the sun and there's the sunlight. Within the globe of the sun, there's the sun. And then as we move away from the sun, we see the existence of the light that reaches out and illuminates all the worlds. So if this light is so powerful to illuminate worlds, surely it's found within its source. But when we look at the luminary sun, the sunlight is so completely identified with the sun, we can't call it light. It has no existence. It's not an independent identity. And this is giving us a bit of understanding of how the attributes of God in the highest world, of God, the world of beings, are so one with him in such an absolute union because they emanate from him. They're derived from him, just as light emanates from the sun. Now, obviously, it's not exactly the same really the relationship of God and his divine attributes is completely beyond our comprehension. God is beyond our comprehension. But this metaphor helps us understand to a certain degree the relationship. Just as we can comprehend the light of the sun united and nullified in its source, and at that point having no existence, no name, only the name of its source, well, just as we understand that, We can look at all the attributes of God and understand that in their source they're not viewed as separate beings because they're so one with God. At what point do they become perceivable? Sunlight's perceivable when you're a certain distance away from the sun. God's attributes are perceivable when you're a certain distance away from them and their source. Which would mean once we leave this highest world, the world of being, the world of Atsilos, we go down to the next plane the world of bria, the world of creation. At that point, we can see them as distinct entities that are brought into existence and given life and guided by God. But only at that point, higher than that, we can't even see them at all. They're so one with God. Which relates to what it says in the midrash that the world was created by these 10 attributes. As also explained kabbalistically, That through these ten attributes, God creates. Because again, is it through the attributes God creates? It's God creating. True. But these tools are so one with him, we can say these tools are what God uses to create.